Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. That's what I'm talking about. That's right. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. We have an hour to play on this very quick Tuesday edition of the show coming up 20 minutes from now, James Bradbury from the eight and one Philadelphia Eagles as they enter their bye week and coming out of their bye week, they have the Kansas city. How about those chiefs on Monday night football in week 11, but first up, it is a Tuesday coming off week nine in the national football league. We'll get to a little overreaction, proper reaction right now. Another NFL week is complete, which means it's another week to freak out about your favorite team. Which takes are truly crazy. But sometimes a game can be so bad, it's almost good. You know what I'm saying? No. And which are so crazy, they might be right. He's 6'5", he's 245 pounds. He's probably a Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end. Zach lets you know in this week's edition of Overreaction or Proper Reaction. And I'm just going to say this at the start of the segment right now. We have big time news on Moist Mike Samter that I have to go to the source in Overreaction, Proper Reaction at the end of this segment. But there are a lot of things being said about Moist Mike right now, and I got to get to the bottom of this. But first to the football. What do we got, Moist Mike? I don't know who that is. Carson Wentz has finally found a team signing with the Rams as their backup with Matthew Stafford battling various injuries. Now, Wentz threw for 27 touchdowns as recently as 2021 with the Colts, but obviously struggled last year in Washington. So overreaction, proper reaction, Carson Wentz can still be a serviceable starting quarterback in the NFL. Are you just trying to get me to sound off today and yell? I'm going to be very calm. I'm going to breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Carson will not control me. That's what my therapist told me. Because I yelled too much about Carson once. A serviceable quarterback. You are sitting in Carson's corner, basically. No, no, no. That doesn't exist. We, we kicked that out of this studio. Carson's corner. The last time this guy was a serviceable quarterback was when he played like an MVP. And that was all the way back in 2017. And you could make a case in like 2019 he was good the final three games of the season. 2021 he was good except for the last couple oh, games. Oh, stop. With the Colts. 27 touchdowns. No, 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 they no, were no, a no, playoff no, no, team no, no, except no. for that last game. What Carson Wentz was to the Colts that year is what James Franklin is to Penn State football. Where even though the stats and the numbers look good, in reality, everyone knew he wasn't the guy. He played terribly up against uh, Tennessee. Had that awful interception against the Rams. And also, in the final game of the season against the lowly pathetic at the time Jacksonville Jaguars, where their fans were dressing up as clowns, he lost the game. Um, So serviceable in the NFL? Yeah, no chance. His NFL career as a legitimate starting quarterback in this league 
It's shot. It's done. It's over with. So you asked me, Carson Wentz can still be a serviceable starting NFL QB. That is an overreaction. Well, through nine weeks, the NFL rushing leader is Christian McCaffrey with just 652 yards. And he's on pace to lead the NFL in rushing with just over 1,300 yards. Since 1973, the NFL's leading rusher had under 1,400 yards just three times. So it feels like it's a very down year for the running back position. So overreaction, proper reaction, running back is the least important position in football right now. And I'm not including the the punter. What about fullback? Let's kick out fullback also. Fullback and punter don't count. Okay. Then I would say that this is a proper reaction because I'm not saying the run game isn't important. To win football games, you need a run game. But the individuality of the running back position for the last decade is not important. Where you look at teams that win Super Bowls, whether it's the Chiefs or the Patriots or the Eagles or even the Denver Broncos, whoever those teams are that have won Super Bowls, we've not had a bell cow back win a Super Bowl in a long time. Those teams go by running back by committee. So needing a Derrick Henry, needing a Christian McCaffrey, needing an Ezekiel Elliott when he was rolling, an Adrian Peterson, yeah, you want those guys because those guys are really good. But then when you have to pay them, it takes away from other resources. And you see the teams that win, they win with like two, three running backs and you just continue to turn through them throughout the course of the season. All right, now CJ Stroud is letting it up for the Texans, sitting seventh in passing yards through eight games, throwing 14 touchdowns and just one pick. Yesterday, running back Dario Ogumbawale told you that there's a comparison between him and Tom Brady. You see any similarities being around Brady when you start off the early tenure with C.J. Stroud? Yeah, I would, I would definitely say that command and that leadership, like I said, I mean, C.J.'s got it. He gets into the huddle, everyone's confident that that play is going to be a successful play just because even the way he sparks it out, you know. So, yeah, C.J.'s got it, and I would definitely say there's similarities there between the two of them. Pretty early to make that comparison, but hey. That's not me. Over he was just answering the question, to be fair. Well, then maybe it was the question that's a little bit crazy to me. I think it's a good question. I'm not saying that you have to compare Brady to Stroud in terms of Stroud's going to be Brady, but he's been around Brady. He's been around Stroud. Are there any similarities? I think it's a very fair question. So overreaction, proper reaction. CJ Stroud is already a top 10 NFL quarterback. So the guys playing right now when you go division by division, absolutely top 10 quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. That's the AFC. That's six. In the NFC, Jalen Hurts is seven. Then there's no one in the NFC West. NFC North, I can't lock anybody up right there. Now, Kirk Cousins out for the year, so he doesn't count. And there's no one in the NFC South. So you have seven quarterbacks right there, and you get to pick three. You could make a case for Jared Goff. You could make a case for Tua Tunga-Vailoa. You could make a case for Dak Prescott. Going to the AFC, I think we covered everybody. C.J. Stroud, yeah. You know what? You know why I give C.J. Stroud the edge here? It's because you look at the situation and the roster. It's not ideal. And I get it. They're not playing in the greatest division in the world. But look how he uplifted a franchise this quickly, and this is when you're going to have ups and downs in a young career. It's wild to say it through nine weeks of the season, but I do believe that you can't tell me that there are 
10 other quarterbacks right now that you definitely want to have over C.J. Stroud. And also, when you look at ceiling factored into it, because, like, let's say a guy like Jared Goff is having a very good season. I do think Jared Goff has limitations. Jared Goff's just a very good quarterback, not a great quarterback. C.J. Stroud's already impressed so much through the first nine games. You can't tell me that his ceiling long-term isn't going to be a great quarterback in this league. We'll see if he gets there, but you do have a feeling that this guy can be a great quarterback in the league. So I would say that's a proper reaction right now that C.J. Stroud is a top-ten quarterback. Now, we discussed this a little bit yesterday. The Chiefs' defense is dominating as they sit fourth in the NFL in yards allowed and second in points, giving up just 16 points a game. Patrick Mahomes, on the other hand, is having a subpar year, just 17 touchdowns in nine games, and is on pace to shatter his career-high in interceptions. So overreaction, proper reaction, the Chiefs' window for titles is actually slowly starting to close. That is an overreaction, and it's because if you have 15, you are always in it. And I'm not going to say it doesn't matter who you put around him, but he is the great eraser, and everyone did the same song and dance last year. Oh, the Chiefs are vulnerable. Oh, the Chiefs can get got. And the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year, and the same thing's happening this year. And if the Chiefs aren't in the AFC title game, bare minimum, I think we would all be surprised. So the Chiefs window for titles is slowly starting to close, you ask me. That is an overreaction. All right, now all four teams in the AFC North are over 500, with the Ravens leading the way at 7-2, and two, and everyone else at 5-3. and three. Now the Steelers have some easy games coming up. they got the Packers, Cardinals, and Pats over the next five weeks, while the Browns get Denver, the Rams, and the Bears in their next six-game stretch. So overreaction, proper reaction. Three teams from the AFC North will make the playoffs. Great question. So Dolphins, I think, win the AFC East. AFC North, I think it will be the Ravens. In the South, it's the Jaguars. In the West, it's the Chiefs. So that's the four division winners right there. Bengals could still win the division, but bare minimum, they're a wild card team. I think the Dolphins get in as well. I mean, uh, the Bills, excuse me, because I said the Dolphins are the division. So that's six right there. Where else am I going to go? No one in the South. I'm not trusting the Chargers in the AFC West. I'm not trusting the Jets, obviously. Yeah, it's between the Steelers and the and the Browns. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Hoo, hoo. So, yeah, I go uh, three teams from the AFC North will uh, make the playoffs. That is a proper reaction. Toughest division in football right now. Crazy. Now, just when the Seahawks looked at the real deal, they get smoked in Baltimore by 34. Geno Smith has just four touchdowns and six picks over his last four games as Seattle fell to five and three. So overreaction, proper reaction, the Seahawks should start looking for Geno's replacement this offseason. I don't think you need to draft a quarterback this year because you're not going to have a good enough draft position. But I will say that this is a proper reaction because now we've seen a lot of quarterbacks get traded. Matthew Stafford got traded. Jared Goff got traded. Um, Carson Wentz even got traded. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. So it doesn't always work, right? A lot of those guys I just mentioned, some of them is like, uh, can we get a do-over? Can we get a take-back? Um, you know, Stafford won a Super Bowl. So you win some, you lose some. But if a guy like Kyler Murray becomes available, I probably the Cardinals don't trade him in their in their own division. But if someone becomes available, or if you could get Kirk Cousins in Seattle, I think that's better, either of those two names, than Geno Smith. I don't believe Geno is as bad as the way that he's played the last two weeks, but I don't think he's the answer and he's the guy long-term on the re- remaining of this new contract that he signed. 
So I do think it would behoove you. We don't have to pounce, but at least keep an ear out there and, and two eyes open when names do become available. So I'll say proper reaction. You say the Seahawks should look for Geno's replacement this offseason. Now, we were talking about the playoff teams, and you mentioned the Bills and the Dolphins. The Dolphins fell in Germany on Sunday. And here's a crazy stat. They have not, now gone 407 days since beating a team over 500. A span of seven right? games dating back to week three of last of last year. So they are not beat like they're beating up on the bad teams and getting beat up by the good teams. Wow. So the Bills, they lost as well, but they sit just a game back of the Finns in the East. And that was obviously a much closer match against the Bengals. So overreaction, proper reaction, the Bills are still a better, more dangerous team than the Dolphins. I'm gonna go overreaction there and two reasons. The Dolphins' offense is right now better than the Buffalo Bills. The Bills basically keep on asking Josh Allen to do everything, and that's when eventually a hole will be in Superman's cape and it will get ripped off of him and it won't be able to fly, as great as Josh Allen is. But the problem with the Bills is they used to have this really special defense. That defense has regressed. Von Miller, hopefully he gets back up to speed. He's clearly not 100% coming off that injury last year. But they've now lost Tredavious White. They had to trade for Russell Douglas at the trade deadline, which was a good move. And Matt Milano, those two pieces were enormous for them. There's just nothing about the Bills that I feel great about. I think the Bills are just a good team. I think the Dolphins are just a good team. But the firepower and the consistency of a Tyree Kill and a Jalen Waddell, I know is going to, for the most part, show up almost every week when you're trying to see who's better between the two teams when they're both very good. So I trust the Dolphins more than the Bills. And also what I like... Miami last year displayed that they could play Buffalo. They played them three times. They lost twice. One was a Skylar Thompson. The other one was a very close loss. But this year they got blown out by the Bills. I think that matchup when they go to Miami and the next time around will be different and the Dolphins will win. So I will take the Dolphins over the Bills this year. So you ask me, the Bills are still a better and more dangerous team than the Dolphins. I will go overreaction. Now, to the overreaction, proper reaction that everybody is waiting for. On Twitter... A very reliable Twitter account. Pat Boyle's dad just tweeted me. Now, I don't think this is actually Pat Boyle's real father, but the Twitter account is Pat Boyle's father at Pat Boyle's dad. He sent me his ballot because today is election day. Erie General Elections 2023. District attorney is up for grabs. It's a four-year term. It says vote for one. Pat Boyle's dad wrote in, Moist Mike Samter. So I don't know if you're going to get any more votes, but you did get one vote. If you win, are you resigning from the Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio and going to be the district attorney for four years for the Erie general uh, election in Erie County? Just wondering. Listen, the people over in Erie would be blessed to have my talents. Now, I might not judge. know a lot about the law. I might not know anything about the law, but I sure know a lot about how to run things and do stuff. <laughs> that's not where I thought he was going. I thought he was like, run from a train wreck that's this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know things. I know how to argue. Like, I would be great like my cousin Vinny. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about the rules or the laws, or the decorum, but I'm a damn good arguer. You are. So I'll stand up there and I'll argue at the top of my lungs for whatever it is that I think I should probably be arguing for. You'd be a good little litigious weasel. Yeah, but be. I have no idea what I'm talking about. So yes, Erie, Pennsylvania, I got you covered. Ladies and gentlemen of Erie, if you need a district attorney, 
vote moist Mike. Wow. 2024. He just, he just said it still. I never thought he would acknowledge himself wow. as moist Mike. The nickname's growing on him. It just took him getting some more uh, power to uh, to use the, the word. So you're out on this show if you win. You're done. You're gone. I might be out on the show today even if I lose. That one vote might be enough for me to start my own political career. Moist Mike. 2024. I'm Zach Gelb. I approve this message. All righty. Zach Gelb show. CBS <laughs> <laughs> Sports Radio. We, we, you know what we got to do? We got to get Paul Turner, the big voice guy, to just make Moist Mike political campaigns. And I... Come up with a few by the end of the week or maybe by tomorrow. And I need the big voice guy in uh, Paul Turner at CBS Sports Radio. Just give us some crazy political campaigns for uh, Moist Mike Samter as uh, maybe we'll delay. We'll, we'll petition. We will not accept the results of this election going on right now. And we will delay the eerie general election to see if we could stuff some more ballots for the great Moist Mike. I don't know if we have the power to do that, but uh, pro- probably not. But who knows? I don't get very political either. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. James Bradbury from the 8-1 Philadelphia Eagles will join us next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Eagles are rolling. NFC champions from a year ago to start this season. They are 8-1 and one entering their bye. Coming out of the bye, a Super Bowl rematch against the Kansas City Chiefs. And now joining us is their Pro Bowl cornerback, James Bradbury. And just remember, big brother, big sister, Independence Fashion Touchdown is on Monday, November 13th. Tickets are still on sale and can be purchased at fashiontouchdown.org. And James Bradbury is doing some great work there. James, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this, and how are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Well, I'm doing fantastic. Let me start you off with last week. Uh, going up against the Cowboys, we all know how big that game is inside the NFC East. A fun one that goes your way right down to the wire. Uh, take a look back at the Cowboys game for me. Uh, well, it was definitely a um, a big game for us because it was a division rival, and um they also a really elite team over there because they got a great offense, a great defense, and a pretty good special teams as well. Uh, so it's a tough battle for us. Uh, but like you said, you know, we were able to make enough plays to come out with the victory. You guys now are entering your bye week. You're 8-1. and one. We all know how dominant this team can be, and the record reflects how great of a team that you guys are. When you look at the first nine games, what has really impressed you so far with this group that you have in Philadelphia? I think we've just been able to somehow win. You know, we haven't always played our best. 
as far as uh, defense, offense, and special teams overall. Uh, but we find ways to uh, get down the stretch and win and make, make enough plays for us to get the victory. Yeah, and, and that's the weird part about it because 8-1's 8-1. We all know how tough it is to win in this league, but when you're winning these close games, people start to criticize and say, oh, the Eagles aren't as good as what their record says. And I say to that, well, they're 8-1. If you guys could play better, man, that's going to be scary for the rest of the league. Just what's the message to people that are doubting your football team even after an 8-1 start? I mean, I think first and foremost, you know, we're only worried about the opinions that's in the building. Uh, but secondly, you know, if I did have something to say to the people outside of the building, uh, I mean, it's, it's the NFL at the end of the day. You know, you're going against professionals. So the games, you know, they're going to be close. They're going to be competitive. I know last year, you know, a lot of our victories were a little wopsided and we was able to blow people out. Uh, but that doesn't always happen. Um, and that was last year. This is a new year. And uh, we got new coaches. We got new players. And we're, we're still trying to figure out uh, figure out the chemistry and figure out the ins and outs of what our team is going to be. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're winning. And I think that's most important. How about your new defensive coordinator? I know Jonathan Gannon's the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Sean Desai comes in. What has he been able to bring to this football team on the defensive side of the ball? You know, I think he's just been able to bring um, his overall knowledge of the game. You know, he looks at the game from a different perspective than a player might a player might look at it. Um, and having a coach that's very, very smart and is able to put us in position to make plays and uh, help us to, to get those victories is very important. And uh, so I would say that he's definitely brought uh, a knowledge of the game to, the, to our uh, team and to our, our defense. Talking to James Bradbury from the 8-1 Philadelphia Eagles. With how last season ended, you know what the goal is this year. It's to get back to the Super Bowl and win it. Now, when teams have that goal, sometimes people look too far ahead and it catches up to them. How has this team been able to really, truly just focus on one week at a time, as cliche as it sounds? I think we first got good veteran leadership. You know, the guys in our locker room, um, they help us and prepare us week in and week out to make sure we focus just on that week. And then secondly, you know, we've had a tough schedule. You know, we played some really, really good teams. Uh, we got a tough schedule coming in after the bye starting off with the Chiefs. And uh, that's that's kind of how we've been able to keep our focus. We, we, all, we always have a tough opponent during that week. And uh, that's what really what gets us, our juices flowing and gets us motivated just to focus on that one week. How would you describe the leadership skills of your quarterback in Jalen Hurts? Because he seems like the definition of a franchise quarterback. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would definitely say he's a um, – you could tell he's an even-kill type of guy. Uh, he doesn't really get too high, doesn't get too low. Um, and I feel like that's, that's the best mentality they have as a football player because you're able to deal with the highs and lows of the game. And, um, you know, he, he always has the right thing to say, you know. Um, I don't know where he gets that from or what you would call it, but um, a guy that has always had some positive say and has the right thing to say at the right time, kind of get the guys motivated. Um, that's what you need from your leadership. You need a guy that can take it, that can uh, pretty much, uh, I guess, correlate with the with the people that he's dealing with, his teammates and whatnot, and you know be on one one accord with them and um, say the right things to him. James Bradbury here with us. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how you're feeling. I know towards the end of the game you did go down with an injury. Where's your health at? I'm doing good. You know, um, of course, as you saw on the play, you know I kind of tweaked my knee. Uh, but fortunately, you know, it's just a little soreness waking up the next day. And I've been able to move around, get a workout in, run around a little bit. And I'm feeling good going into the bye week. Well, that's good. And it's good timing for the bye week. Coming out of the bye, you got the big Super Bowl rematch. Will you definitely be playing up against the Chiefs? Oh, yeah, I definitely plan on being out there. Yeah, I'm not going to miss anything. 
Well, how about that Super Bowl rematch? We know how close of a game it was last year. We were right in the middle of it uh, with the holding penalty. Just uh, what's on your mind as you guys get set to prepare uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs? Um, for me, and I think for the team overall, you know, we're going to let last year be last year. Um, and we know we're going to face a, a Kansas City Chiefs uh, offense that's really elite. And the defense is really good as well. And uh, that's our mindset. You know, we're playing another really, really good opponent. And um, we're not really going to try to think about last year. We're just going to think about this year and trying to defeat those guys and move on to the next guy after next opponent after that that week. Well, what's the toughest part about going up against Patrick Mahomes uh, with how great of a football player he is? I think he has an elite skill set. You know, first starting off with his um, his arm. You know, he's able to make throws that other quarterbacks really aren't able to are aren't able to make. And then you add in the fact that he can run and make plays with his legs. Um, that's that's the second thing that you have to worry about. He's also a smart quarterback as well, and they have a great have a great coach over there in Andrew Reid. Um, he does a good job putting those guys in good position. And you add in the the receivers that he has as, as far as Kelsey, um, and then you also got a great O line and a good running game. Uh, with number ten, I don't really know how to pronounce his last name, but he's a really good running back. Um, so he's, they're able to attack you in different ways. Wrap it up with James Bradbury. We'll talk about this great event that he's doing. Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Independence Fashion Touchdown on Monday, November 13th. Tickets are still on sale and can be purchased at www.fashiontouchdown.org. Just going back to the Super Bowl, I thought you were classy with the way that you handled the holding penalty uh, after the game. I didn't think the flag should have been thrown. Looking back at that, uh, do you still have the same stance as why you understood why the uh, the flag was thrown? Oh, yeah, I still... You know, have the same stance. Um, it is what it is at the end of the day. And um, I'm just, you know, working real hard week in and week out to hopefully get another opportunity to, to redeem myself. Well, let's get to your big boys up front because we only know a great secondary is only as good as the guys that are getting to the quarterback. You guys are just loaded in the trenches. We don't on the offense side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the ball as well. Just how about the depth of this football team and really the depth of this defense? Yeah, I think we got a good combination of young guys and uh, veteran leadership. But, uh, you know, you got BG, you got Fletch, you got Sweaty, you got Haas. Uh, then you got some younger guys like Milton, uh, JC, um, Tua. Um, who else am I missing? You got Nolan Smith. Uh, you know, we got a whole bunch of guys on that D line that can get out to the quarterback. And I'm, fortunately, we got a good rotation of veteran guys and young guys uh, that kind of help, help lead the young guys along the way and kind of help them take care of their body throughout the season because it's a long season. Go prepare them for the, the NFL on and off the field. Um, and also just tell them how the, how the league works and you know how defenses are running, how you need to attack these offensive linemen because these offensive linemen in the league are really, really skilled. All right, before we let you run, tell me about the great event that you're doing with Big Brother, Big Sister, Independence Fashion Touchdown on Monday, November 13th. Yeah, so um, I just wanted to get back in the, give back to the community because, I mean, the community does a good job supporting us and um, – it's going to be a fashion show. I'm going to be walking. Uh, this is my first time actually doing a fashion show and actually getting up there on the runway and walking, so I'm excited to be able to participate and um, thankful to be able to uh, give back to the community. And my big brother, big sister, they do a good job of providing mentorship to the youth, and um, I'm all about mentorship. And um, you know, I feel like we need mentor- more mentorship um, to play play their part in the world today because uh, youth is, you know, we need it. We know what's going on with youth day in and day out and what they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. And um, just hopefully I can bring more more light and more recognition to what, the, what those guys at Big Brother and Big Sister are doing. During the bye week, have you been working on your uh, your pose and maybe a, a signature stare coming down uh, that runway during the fashion show? 
You know what? I haven't, but you just brought to my attention that I should. So I'm probably going to start practicing this <laughs> tomorrow. Watch the movie Zoolander. You got to get that blue steel look. Uh, that, that would be uh, my recommendation. Last thing I, I just want to ask you. You've been in the league now for a while, since 2016. You're with the Panthers, the Giants, now the last few years uh, with the Eagles. Last year got a lot of recognition making the Pro Bowl and a second-team All-Pro. You're now 30. You've been in the league for a while. You have an incredible story. Just what do you want people to know uh, about your journey and where you're at right now individually as a football player? Hmm. Um, I mean, what I would like them to know about me is, uh, I think first and foremost, you know, I'm a guy that went to a small school um, and I was able to, you know, get drafted from a small school. And I know, especially like talking to the younger guys that's in college and that's in high school, a lot of guys, they want to go to these big schools and they want to hurry up and get to the transfer portal and whatnot and look for a better opportunity. But uh, sometimes you just got to stick it out and stick with the process and um, also just enjoy your journey and live in the moment. And um, as far as, like, me being in the league, you know, I've been a, hard, a lot of hard work and dedication being put into it, and I'm also trying to get back to community. So where I'm at right now in the league, is that's, that's my, kind of my goal is to also, you know, produce on the field but also try to get back into the community, whether it's here in Philly or whether it's back home in Birmingham, Alabama, and do more for the community and um, just spread the wealth. Uh, that I've been given based off, you know, what I've been able to do in this league. Well, phenomenal answer. Good luck the rest of the way. Good health the rest of the season as well. James Bradbury, we appreciate you jumping on board with us today. Appreciate you. There you go. James Bradbury from the 8-1 and Philadelphia Eagles. Once again, if you want to go get tickets to the event that he's participating in, it's www.fashiontouchdown.org. We'll come on back. We'll take a look at the playoff picture inside the AFC and the NFC nine weeks through the season. Also, New college football playoff rankings come out tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. What should we look for when the CFP gives out another ranking in college football? Update time first. Here he is, the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All righty, this is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. So the second installment of the college football playoff rankings come out tonight in a little over two hours at 7 p.m. Eastern, and um, or a little under two hours, excuse me, at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, and when we take a look at the latest rankings, thing to things to monitor. Here are the three things that I'm most curious about. Will Ohio State still be number one? Personally, I think Ohio State's the most overrated team in the country. Where they're a really good team. They have a great defense. They have the best non-quarterback in the country in Marvin Harrison Jr. But I don't trust the rest of their offense and Kyle McCord. So last week, the committee told you 
They're 8-0. They're number one because they beat two top 15 teams. With Penn State last week, who was at 11. And then Notre Dame was going to fall. Notre Dame uh, loses to Clemson. And Notre Dame was 15 last week. Ohio State just struggled with Rutgers, who in their defense of Greg Schiano has done a good job this year. And Schiano has done a good job at Rutgers in the first stint. And now he's starting to move that program for whatever they could say is acceptable in the Big Ten as so much is working against them in this second installment of Greg Schiano as their head coach. And also, a little uh, friendly rivalry here. And uh, these two teams have been working in cahoots. Ohio State and Rutgers, according to some reports today by John U. Bacon, to take down Michigan and given signs to Purdue in the Big Ten championship game. So maybe Ryan Day said, eh, Greg Schiano, we'll scratch your back a little bit. We'll let you hang around, and then uh, we'll find a way to beat you by two, three touchdowns in the second half. But I don't believe Ohio State should be number one. I do think Georgia should move up to one, and then we'll see how far the committee wants to move Ohio State back. The other thing I want to look for Washington, who had the best win in the rankings in the college football playoff ranking last week when they were ranked five and they beat Oregon six. They had the highest win against one of the rankings of the college football playoff. They just took care of USC, who's going to fall to the top 25, but USC was in at 20. So I don't understand how the committee can continue through two weeks to keep Washington out. I got to think, even though Florida State's done a phenomenal job this year, they're undefeated and they control their own destiny. And let's be real, right? One of these Big Ten teams are going to fall out. We'll see what happens if Georgia could go undefeated and and win the SEC once again. The winner of the Big Ten is going to get in. And then if Florida State runs the table as an undefeated ACC champion, they're going to get in. And Washington controls their own destiny, undefeated as well. But for Washington, it doesn't make sense if you're telling me Oregon's the sixth best team in the country. And out of all the teams inside the top 25, Washington has the highest-ranked victory up against an opponent inside um, the top 10 to keep Washington out of the top four. And then the other thing that I'm really curious to see, I actually got two more for you. Even though this wouldn't make sense, I do feel as if Bama is going to move up a few spots tonight. And last week it was Ohio State won, Georgia was two, Michigan was three, Florida State was four, Washington's five, Oregon is six, Texas is seven, Alabama is eight. Last week, and I know Bama has a loss. Like, don't say, oh, Zach, but Alabama has a loss. Like, I know that. They lost to Texas. But Alabama, last week, heard from the committee and all the other schools that the reason why Ohio State was number one is because they had two top 15 victories. Alabama, where we currently sit, Heading into last weekend and then what happened, and now we'll see what the new rankings are, they have a win up against number 10 Ole Miss, and they also had a win up against number 14 this past weekend, LSU. Now, LSU is going to fall down in a few spots. But if they have two top 15 wins at the time that these games were played, is Bama not going to move up? I got to think that they will. And even though it makes no sense for Bama to move past Texas, Because Bama and Texas have the same record. And Texas beat Alabama head-to-head. You know it and I know it. This committee wants reaction. 
This committee wants headlines. This committee doesn't want to just do the show and have nobody talk about it immediately after the show and then leading into tomorrow as well. It would make no sense that Bama jumps in front of Texas, but I actually think the committee is going to put Bama in front of Texas, and I want to see how they justify it because if you watch college football, Texas defeated Alabama this year. So if they have the same record, it'd be like one thing if Texas had two losses and Alabama only had one loss. But when you have the same record of 7-1 and one, and you know that the SEC is a better conference than the Big 12, even though Bama shouldn't move in front of Texas just now, I have a feeling the committee is going to do this. And last week, everyone that was speaking from the committee said they did not factor in the pending investigation and the allegations against Michigan. That's going to be a national talking point to monitor. Does Michigan get graded on a scale here with more information coming out, even though I don't think they should. It seems like a punishment's coming right around the corner to Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Harbaugh is going to appeal that, and he'll get an injunction, and this will get all punted until after the season. you got to think and and assume that. I don't think the committee is going to change anything up with Michigan, but those are just the things that I want to monitor tonight. Does Ohio State still remain number one? I don't think they will. I think Michigan's going to stay put right there at number three. I do believe Washington will jump Florida State and get into uh, the top four. And then even though it shouldn't happen, I think it will happen, though, that Bama will move in front of Texas this weekend, even though they are both, or tonight, even though they're both 7-1 and one, and Texas beat Alabama head-to-head. All righty. So now we have nine weeks of the NFL season. Right now, if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, these would be your matchups. The Chiefs and the Eagles both would be on a bye. The Ravens would be a two seed going up against the Cincinnati Bengals as a seven seed. Now, we just saw that last wild card weekend. It was in um, Cincinnati, and Lamar Jackson wasn't playing. It was Tyler Huntley. But think about that heavyweight fight. Then you would have the Jaguars as the three seed going up against the Cleveland Browns, and you'd have the Dolphins going up against the Steelers. That would be a tremendous AFC wild card weekend. Now, the Bills would be on the outside looking in. The Texans are on the outside looking in. The Chargers and Jets as well, and that's where we'll draw the line in the sand. I don't think the Jets will be a playoff team because they don't have a quarterback. The Chargers, I don't trust them even last night when you win, and the score would indicate that it was a one-sided game. The Chargers just keep on appearing like they're missing it. And what I mean by that is I don't think this team is all in on their head coach, the players, with Brandon Staley, and it's showing because they have too much talent to only be 4-4 four and four to start out this season. The Texans are a fun story. I think the Texans can be a little bit dangerous because they're playing with no expectations, but I don't think the Texans make the playoffs. So if the Steelers and Browns continue to stack wins at 5-3, and three, and I'm assuming the Dolphins are going to win the AFC East, even though they're 6-3, and three, and that's not a foregone conclusion. There's a possibility that the Bills miss the playoffs. Now, I, I would still put Buffalo in, and I still think Buffalo gets into the postseason. But with that being said, it's going to be really intriguing to see if Buffalo can still find a way to make the playoffs with where they were a few years ago, where they were even heading into last year as being everyone's Super Bowl darling in the pick, and there's a legitimate chance they missed the playoffs this year. 
Um, keeping it moving into the NFC. The Eagles are on a bye. You would have the Lions as the two seed. Lions, Vikings, NFC North showdown. Josh Dobbs against Jared Goff right now. Wild card weekend. Hmm. That's the Saturday, right? Uh, 425 <laughs> p.m. Eastern time game, which if you're a Lions fan, who cares? You haven't won a division title since 1993. You haven't won a playoff game since 1991, so you take it. The Niners would be the three seed going up against the six seed Dallas Cowboys, which if you're a Cowboy fan, that's your worst nightmare because the last three times you played the 49ers, you lost to them, and somehow you regressed this year in the regular season. Could that have maybe... Vibes of the uh, Patriots beating the Jets 45-3 to and then losing to them in the divisional round. You'll have to wait and see. And you'd have the Saints going up against the Seahawks. Man, look at the AFC matchups compared to the NFC matchups. The NFC matchups are a little bit underwhelming. But you're starting to see that picture get painted. The teams that be on the outside looking in right now, the Commanders, the Falcons. Man, the Bucks are the 10th seed right now. And the Packers, they're the 11th. They're both 3-5. and five. Whew, that's ugly. So you start to look at it through nine weeks. I think the way that you have to separate this, who are your Super Bowl contenders? In the AFC, I think there's only three right now. It's the Chiefs, it's the Ravens, and the Bengals. Those are the three teams I trust the most in the AFC. I know some Jaguar fans may say, oh, well, what about us? We're 6-2. and two. I really think Jacksonville's a good team. I like Jacksonville. You could buy stock in Jacksonville, but I got to see them beat a marquee opponent. And the Bills this year aren't a marquee opponent. And you had one week two, even when the Chiefs were vulnerable, and your offense crapped the bed and only scored nine points. So one of those three teams, Chiefs, Ravens, Bengals, going to go to the Super Bowl this year. I'm still going with the Bengals, who are my pick before the year. In the NFC, if you listen to this show, I have not wavered on the Eagles one bit. I think the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. I said that before the start of the season. But if you had to trust two other teams in the NFC... I think it's easy here. It's the Lions and it's the 49ers. And you probably still put the 49ers two and the Lions three, even though the Niners have lost three games in a row and are five and three. But if the Lions could go get the second seed in the NFC and all they need are the Eagles to lose one more game and then they'll have the same amount of losses and the Eagles have a tough schedule the next five weeks. If the Lions could assure with a win on wild card weekend that they would have a home divisional round game Man, that's going to be tough. I'm not saying the 49ers can't go into Detroit and get a victory. They obviously can. But if we're getting divisional round weekend, Lions and 49ers, and that game's in Detroit, that's going to be one raucous atmosphere, which could be set up for disappointment. But if you have a fan base that's been tortured for that long, coming off their first playoff victory since 1991, you're not going to want to go to Detroit. You are not going to want to play the Lions in Detroit. And that team has done a nice job this year at 6-2, and two even though two weeks ago up against the Ravens, they got blown out. Now they were able to bounce back against the Raiders, but also it's uh, the Raiders. You know, if you can't bounce back against the Raiders, you don't really belong (laughs) in football these days. Sorry, Stu. That wasn't nice towards the end of the show. And by the way, Stu, you want to hear what was a big thought in that stadium last night, MetLife Stadium, where, where I was at? What's that? How many people said, how stupid is the NFL for not flexing Jets and Raiders (laughs) Sunday night football this upcoming week. We see the Jets on Monday night football against the Chargers. And now we have the Jets and the Raiders on Sunday night football. P.U. Hey, this is the Antonio Pierce Raiders. Oh, yeah. And very nice of him to put all the practice squad players on the sideline as yes. well during the game. Good job by, by Coach Pierce. But come on. I know you guys are 1-0 and 
after Josh McDaniels. But the rest of the country this weekend has to watch on Sunday Night Football, the lousy Jets and the Raiders. That feels like an under, an under bet to me. I don't even know what the spread is, but watch. Then we'll have like the best game of the season. It will be like 41 to, to 38. The Jets take care of the Raiders. I don't even think the, the Jets can score 48 points the rest of the season with that dreadful offense. All righty, fun show today. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. The over-under, Stu just told me, is 36. Ooh, imagine taking the under and having to root for basically no points in that game. That is brutal. Big thanks to John Rothstein for stopping by. Big thanks to James Bradbury, Stu, Samter, as always, and each and every one of you participating, listening, call and tweet into the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody, at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. We out. Bye-bye. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.